You're listening to Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. I am your host, Eric Konovalov, and I believe that we can achieve everything we want if we take our leadership, sales ability, and personal growth to a higher level. On this show, we share ideas on how to break through our invisible boundaries, start taking steps towards our dreams, and create the life we desire. I invite you to open your mind to new possibilities, new ideas, and to the truth that everything you want is possible for you. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. So honored to have you guys here listening to me. Now, most of the times when you're a podcast host, you get pitched by a lot of people to who want to come on your show, kind of... Um, you know, be a commercial for their products and services. This guest did not pitch me to come on my show. I actually called and begged her to come on my show. Her name is Cindy DeMarco. She is the CEO and founder of Sarco Services. They are a staffing firm out of uh, Maryland. The reason why I asked Cindy to come on my show is because I've actually had a chance to observe her, had a chance to see how she works with her clients and how good she is at finding great talent. So with this environment that we're in right now, pretty much every business owner I speak to, their number one challenge is finding great people. I had to reach out to Cindy to pick her brain about her secrets. So Cindy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Eric. I'm excited to be here and talking with you. This is a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure to spend time with you talking about one of my favorite topics, which is talent, finding talent. And you're absolutely right. Right now, it is the the buzz. Most companies are just hurting to find great people um, with the great resignation happening. It's just, it's a really big issue for a lot of companies. So happy to be here talking about it. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for spending the time with me. I know as a small business owner, your time is super valuable. And the fact that you're here with me means the world. Um, so Cindy, how you know, what are you seeing that the companies are doing wrong to find good talent? So a couple of things. I feel like a lot of companies are not um, keeping a good pulse on trends that are happening in the market. So one of the big things that I've seen of late is that with COVID, a lot of companies went to virtual work environments Mm -hmm. and they saw that they had a lot of success in those virtual work environments. So a lot of companies now with things, you know, kind of getting a little bit better, vaccines, um, therapeutics available, feeling like we're having a little bit better control of you know, the spread of the virus. A lot of companies are going back into the office. And I found the ones that are kind of going back in, they're not offering any remote work or a hybrid type of work um, you know, schedule. They're having trouble finding people because there's plenty of other companies that you know have decided, wow, we had a lot of success with like having employees like work virtually. Let's keep that model in place. Um, so I think companies right now who aren't kind of staying on top of some of those trends that are happening um, are probably losing out on great talent. So that that's a big thing right now. Um, the other really big thing is you know people want that flexibility. Uh, the pandemic, so you might've heard of the great resignation. And right now you have a lot of people who are leaving, um, you know, their companies and not for any particular reason that they've been laid off or they've been let go. They're just choosing to resign. 
And so a lot of people are really, you know, the pandemic put things in perspective for a lot of people, you know, they family first. So people are looking for companies where they're happy, they want to get up and go go to work and um, be proud of what they're doing. So they're really looking for that flexibility, that environment that's going to allow them to like nurture and support their family and kind of live the lives they want. You know, I think it put pandemic put all that in perspective and, you know, people are really focused on that right now. Huh. So, so these people with this great resignation, they're just resigning. I haven't, this is the first time I've heard of it. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. So it's a um, pretty big thing right now that the number of individuals resigning from companies is outpacing the hiring um the number they they're just staying home or are they finding other jobs they're either staying home or looking for other jobs that kind of align more with with what they want um so that's kind of you know one of the one of the things i was you know just sharing is that people are like really assessing do i want to go to work every day for you know an environment that i don't really love you know, life is precious with people, you know, seeing people dying during the pandemic and a lot of people losing or close to losing, um, you know, family and, and friends. It, it really makes you think about how you're spending your time, you know, where you want to work, what you want to do. So, um, yes, yeah, so a lot of people are leaving companies and kind of making different choices for themselves. Wow. So if you were if you were heading a company right now where you're looking to hire people and you have a mass exodus, or if you're consulting one of those companies, what do you tell them? What do you advise them to do? So a lot of times when I'm working with companies, I'm looking at their culture, um, their business model, um, their compensation. And many times I'm giving them a lot of advice on different ways that they're, that they will be able to maybe help retain some of those employees. So, you know, for example, I have one company that was pretty firm on, you know, employees going into the office and, you know, it was challenging for this, this particular company to find, you know, salespeople who wanted some flexibility um, with being able to work remotely. So it's being able to help point out the difference of, you know, you're holding on to coming into the office when employees can be just as effective working remotely you know, thinking about, you know, pushing that employer to maybe considering like a hybrid model and seeing how it goes. Because there's plenty of companies out there that are going to offer that, you know, so if they can just leave and go somewhere else that they can get that, you know, opportunity to work remotely. Or I had another client where, you know, they were really grossly like underpaying for um, what the position commanded, you know, just generally in the market. So a lot of times it's kind of walking side by side with the, with my clients, you know, showing them, you know, kind of what is out there on the market that if they're not willing to go up in salary, kind of here's the type of candidate that experience level that you're going to get and then helping them reach that conclusion so that they can restructure, um, you know, their, their salary requirements. So I know what, you know, this one particular client, I think we interviewed over like 50 candidates and just really sticking by them to show, you know, the amount of time you took interviewing all those people, if you just would have come up on your salary, you know, here's the type of candidate you would have gotten. And, you know, all those months you spent like losing productivity, you could have, you know, plugged that hole a lot sooner. So um, it's just helping them kind of realize like different things that they can do that would bring them better talent or help them keep some of the talent that they currently have. So 
<clears throat> Tell me, so you said you're interviewing them. You yeah. actually interview the candidates for people? Because a lot of companies, they don't want to hire a recruiter per se, right? Because what are some misconceptions around that? Yeah, I mean, that is a great question. Um, so a lot of times people are, you know, or companies are worried about, um, you know, the, the recruiters due diligence, um, their effort, you know, with finding the candidates. Um, so a couple of things that, you know, like Sarco does differently than a lot of other companies is we definitely screen and interview any candidate we put before um, one of our clients. And also, uh, you know, one of the misconceptions, um, you know, again, going back to that time and effort and defining talent, um, a lot of like recruiting companies will just like post jobs on websites to find candidates. It's not really like doing, you know, full on like true recruiting. Um, and that's one of the things Sarco never posts jobs anywhere. You know, we've been in business for many, many years. We've never posted a job anywhere. We go out and truly recruit um, the talent that we find for our clients. So I know sometimes people have had experiences where um, recruiters are, are kind of rushing to get the candidates into the client that they're not like doing their full effort. So, you know, that can kind of lead to some bad misconceptions about recruiters, but we're a tremendous resource for companies. You know, we go out, we do all, all the hard work to find the candidate um, and make sure that it's successful. And that alleviates a lot of time and stress on the company, you know, internally. Even if you have a recruiter, if you're hiring for multiple positions, not each position is going to be, um, you know, easy to find talent or equally hard to find talent for, right? Some, some positions might be a little easier. Some positions might be a little harder. And that's where we can be a really good partner where we can kind of walk in, at, alongside of any internal HR recruiter and help them, you know, with maybe some of the harder things that they can alleviate some of their time and focus on other positions that might be a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, misconceptions and it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, using recruiters to help with hiring is such a, a you know, blessing for companies to get the talent they need. I always say hiring is the most important thing. Without people, you can't get your business off the ground. You can't accomplish your goals. You can't satisfy your, your clients. So having great people is so important. Um, so, you know, using all the resources you can and letting go of some of those misconceptions about recruiting is really important. Wow, that's so true. I remember me and you were having a conversation not too long ago. And there was a like somebody opened up a restaurant and they were looking for either a GM or a chef. And you're like, where some recruiters would have said, Yeah, I don't specialize in that. You said, No, this this is a challenge. This is gonna be fun to do. Talk, like, <laughs> yeah. So I had a, a good friend um who you know uh owns a, a brewery and he, he called me up and he's like, I know you don't find chefs, but can you help me? And so that that's kind of another thing that like it's different with Sarko is, you know, I always try to go above and beyond for my clients. So even though I might not know how to specialize, we found a way to work together to help him. And he was actually just thanking me the other day because he was like, thank you so much. He's doing he's doing great. The candidate we found him. So I'll always try to find a way to like work with my clients, even though it's not my area of expertise. So Sarco specializes in IT, finance, marketing, office administration, things like that. So we do cover a lot of areas, but there are some areas that, you know, we're not focused on. 
But even still, you know, if I have a client and they need help, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to wow. try my best. I'm going to try my best at least. <laughs> so can I ask how you found a chef? Like what, what's, what did you do? Like completely out. So this is completely new to you. You've never recruited for a chef before. Somebody's like, I need you to find me a chef. <laughs> what did you do? So we kind of agreed that I would, you know, apply basic things that any good recruiter should be doing, which is just looking at a resume, seeing how it's constructed, um, you know, looking for the attention to detail, you know, in the resume, you know, are there errors, misspellings, dates wrong, things like that, basic things that, you know, how is this person presenting themselves, their tenure, um, different experiences. And we kind of agreed that since I wouldn't know how to actually interview and see if that person was proficient like I am with some of the other opportunities I work on. Um, I at least kind of did some screening and then was able to share resumes and let them kind of take over where they're more of the experts. Um, and you just kind of work together on it. But yeah, a lot of it was just reaching out, screening, um, connecting with different candidates, talking with them about the opportunity. And then um, we were able to find someone who was really great. So, I think if I had to interview a chef, I would make him or her make me meals for like seven days. I'd say I need to really test out your, your culinary skills. Here. <laughs> I like that. I like the, I like the strategy there. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> bit of selfishness, but also I would call it creativity. Yeah. That, that sounds like a lot of fun, but. <laughs> I don't think that's legal. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, we try to, you know, that, that, that's the fun part about recruiting is, you know, I love challenging positions. Like I love when, you know, the client says, um, you know, I can't do this or I've been having trouble or, you know, early on it was great. So, um, you know, we're a smaller company. I'm a huge advocate for like small, small business. And I think our first year in business, I was so excited because we had a client that kind of came to us, um, you know, through a mutual connection and they were trying to get a position filled for many, many months. And they had like large, you know, the big guys working on it. And um, we came in and we figured out what they needed. It was a very hard position, um, but we got, we got it done. You know, Sarka Services, you know, came through and it's always fun, that challenge of, you know, not only did we help that client, but love knowing that, you know, there are larger firms out there that are going to charge you way more than I probably will. But it was our firm that was able to, you know, fill that difficult position. So we always look for the challenge. We love the challenge. Um, you know, early on, I, I would tell my clients, give me, give me anything hard, you know, what are you struggling with? Because, you know, we'll, we'll get that taken care of for you. So yeah. kind of are there positions? Are there like positions right now that people or organizations are looking for more than others that you've noticed? Is there any trend? Yeah, I, I have noticed a trend. I will say in 2021, it was definitely marketing. Um, I think a lot of people during the pandemic had to really think about how to continue marketing, branding, and, and um, le leveraging different marketing techniques to sell um, their business uh, during a pandemic. So we saw a huge surge in market, various marketing positions. Um, so that's one area where it was a lot of fun, um, you know, but we had a lot of great resources and connections and um, a lot of a strong talent pipeline. So it's definitely a surge in, in marketing, I would say, is what I noticed, you know, right off the bat last year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And what about candidates? Like, 
if somebody's listening right now and they're looking to make a switch, what are some do's and don'ts or how can they make themselves stand out? For the candidates, mm-hmm. um, I would definitely say, you know, it, it, it starts with your resume, you know, putting that together. Um, there are people out there who actually um, will help you put your resume together professionally, um, having different people look at it. But that's definitely a really big thing. Um, if you don't have a LinkedIn profile or you do, but you maybe don't really use it that often, um, employers are looking for um, candidates on social media, on platforms like LinkedIn. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, I just had, um, you know, a, the candidate actually interviewed this morning, but she didn't have a LinkedIn profile. And the company that's hiring called me and they said, hey, you know, we, we can't find her. Like, you know, does she have a, a profile? And I said, I don't know, let me let me find out and talk to her. And she didn't, she's like, hey, yeah, I never, never created one. She actually made one over the weekend um, because it's really important. You know, employer, employers use that, use LinkedIn pretty regularly. So um, they should definitely make a LinkedIn profile. And I would definitely say, you know, reach out to a recruiter. Um, it's really hard. Like I, I talked to so many candidates that say, oh, well, I applied for this job and I just never heard anything. Or, you know, you kind of go into this black hole where you're just applying to positions online. Um, so I think sometimes using a recruiter, reaching out to a recruiter and just letting them know you're looking. Um, a lot of people in our industry, we work really collaboratively. So like, for example, if I, if someone refers a, a candidate to me, but I can't fit them into any one of my openings at the moment, I'll definitely, you know, reach out to other people I know and maybe try to help um, a, through a different avenue. So, you know, definitely reach out to recruiters. So I would say those are three things that candidates can do um, to kind of bolster themselves, make themselves stand out right now. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And also I would add that as you're building up your LinkedIn profile, uh, try deleting some of the things from your Instagram and Facebook profile. Cause if you get a hiring manager like me, I'm looking at all your social media, I'm Googling you. And if there is political stuff that I may or may not agree with, if there is you funneling tequila, yeah. probably not going to get a call back. It's just, an, you know, you're not going to hire the tequila person. Me. I, that's the guy <laughs> I'm hiring, but most people most people won't. I am, you know, that's me. I'm funneling the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> no, I mean, that, that's the thing is, yeah, you definitely need to think about it. And, um, you know, I have two young daughters who love social media. Uh, they're in their teens. And I'm constantly trying to remind them that, you know, I, anything you put on there is going to be there and you never know how it's going to come back and haunt you. So, Definitely, you know, should be careful about that, you know, just in general, but yeah. 100%. And well, okay. So now let's say they, they look good on resume. They they got a good social media presence and they get invited into an interview. Mm-hmm. What, what are there questions that they absolutely should have down or anything they should say in the interview that's going to, you know, help them? Sure. I would say a couple of things for candidates. Um, with interviewing is that once you get the interview, one, make sure you know and fully understand like what the job you're interviewing for does and what the company does and um, be, be prepared. So, you know, I, I had an example of a, you know, I have a situation once where this young lady, you know, was really interested in one of the companies that I work with. 
And unfortunately, you know, we connected a little bit later in the process and they ended up hiring somebody else. So we kept in touch and later that same company had another opening. So she finally had that chance to interview and she was so excited. Um, you know, she had actually was someone who um, had to leave her prior employ employer because of the pandemic. She had a son and she had, a, you know, virtual learning, had to be home. So she was really excited to like get back to work. And the interview was over Zoom and, um, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to like sit in on some of the interviews with my clients and the interview started and the manager said, so tell me what brings you here today? Like, what do you know about the job? And it just had been a while since she had interviewed that she actually like froze a little bit. And um, she answered the question by saying, well, I don't know, the recruiter called me um, and sent me the job description and I remember reading it and I could do everything on it. And so that's why I'm here. So she totally bombed that first question and that's all the manager could hear and remember and felt like she wasn't prepared. So definitely once you get you know, the interview, make sure you're prepared, make sure you're ready to go, um, you know, take notes if you get nervous, like it's okay to have a notebook with like some points written down that you can, you know, look at once you're in the interview. Um, I would also say, you know, that this is a really funny thing, but with all these virtual inter interviews going on right now, you can see like people's homes, like, so like make sure your background's professional, um, you know, or you can like blur it out, which I think is kind of weird personally. I think, you know, people kind of like go in and out of it and it looks odd. I think you should just have like a professional background and call it a day and the heck with those like, you know, um, alternate backgrounds that you can put up. Um, so definitely think about that. You should think about some questions that you want to ask at the end of the interview. Um, typically shy away from questions like salary, benefits, like things like that. Like you can get those questions either from talking to the recruiter or to like an HR person, you know, before or after the process. But I, I try to avoid those questions, like use them use like the actual interview for like meaningful questions that will help, you know, them get an idea of how you think and process information or that will better arm you with like moving forward with the opportunity, you know, in the event they extend you an offer. Um, so those are, those are a few things I think candidates can do once they're in the interview to make sure it's, it's successful. Yeah, totally agree. I think one of my favorite questions to ask when I was interviewing, and by the way, just to, just to give you guys an idea of like my mentality and I used to brag that I've never not been offered a job after I interviewed. It was like my, until, until I wasn't offered a job when I interviewed, right? But, but I went on like this really long stretch where everybody I met with, I got a job offer, which was pretty cool. And my mentality was, I want them to fall in love with me. Mm -hmm. like I want that manager to fall in love with me, to see me on their team and see their company and their team doing better with me there than without me there. Yeah. And so some of the questions are, you know, why is this position open? What would you do differently next time? Um, tell me about your leadership ability. Tell me about how do you lead? Uh, what, what makes this company stand out? How can a person like me be successful here? What separates the top performers from the bottom performers, right? So you come with questions like that, they're going to see you as somebody really serious. Um, yeah. So now let's flip the script on our managers, because look, that, you know, right now we're looking for great candidates, right? And I'm wondering, you know, Albert Einstein once said, don't judge 
a fish by the way it climbs a tree. That's right. <laughs> so like just because a person is frozen on an interview or answers the question wrong, do you just should managers just completely cut them off after the first question? Or are there things managers can do to really um, get the right information out? Like who cares if she knows or doesn't know about the company? I get it. We want we want somebody proactive. But does that mean that that person would not do a good job interview or do a good job if they hire her? Right. Well, I think one thing, so, you know, you're asking for some things that hiring managers can do a better job with. And I would definitely say, um, you know, number one, when you, when the manager starts the interview, there should be some type of introduction and agenda. So, you know, as much as that candidate froze and she could have been a little bit better prepared by like maybe having a notebook or having the description in front of her or what have you. That manager, you know, my recommendation to them was in the future, you know, start off the interview, introduce yourself a little bit more, like get, get it conversational so that people relax because everybody starts, you know, an interview a little nervous, a little anxious, you know, um, it, it's just, that's just human nature is, you know, how we're wired, right? So the more you can do to relax that person to where they feel comfortable, you're actually going to get more out of them anyways. Um, so I always tell managers, uh, you should, you should say, hi, I'm so-and-so, this is my title with the company, you know, thank them for taking time to, you know, interview with you, um, and then lay out an agenda. Hey, you know, we're going to, here's how we're going to start off. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, learn a little bit about you and your background. And then, you know, at the end, we'll talk a little bit about the role, what we're looking for, and then there'll be a chance for you to ask some questions. So that way people kind of know what to expect they, they have, you know, they see, all right, the next 30 or 45 minutes, here's what's going to be happening. So I always recommend managers to do that. Um, you know, also like the same advice for the candidates about their background um, goes for, you know, hiring managers. I had uh, one manager, um, now he's a scientist. So <laughs> he was like, it looks like he was in his mad science lab and like his background had like <laughs> all these random things. Like, I don't know. And it was just like, all right, that is not like, that is, you're representing the company. Like, come on, like we need you to, to maybe be a little bit cleaned up here. So same advice goes for the hiring managers as well. Cause I've seen some, some crazy things too. Um, but you know, also at the, I would say for hiring managers, um, especially if you like a candidate, you know, letting them know the next steps at the end of the interview, I think are really important. Um, so, you know, thank you so much for taking time to meet with me. The next step will be, you know, we have five more interviews. They're all going to take place this week. After those interviews, we'll, you know, we'll connect with you sometime the following week. So people have an idea of, you know, kind of, what's happening, like what the process might look like. I think that's always a really great way to, um, you know, end, end, the, uh, end the interview. And then for hiring managers, always give feedback. Um, so even if you don't want to hire the candidate, I always try to get some feedback as to why, you know, why not. Um, one, it helps me as a recruiter to better fill the position, but also, you know, people take time to, out of their day to interview so it helps them, you know, if they're not getting your job, they're still going to be looking for a job. So anything you can share, like of maybe why you weren't necessarily feeling like they were the right fit for, for your position, 
it's good to pass that feedback along to candidates and just be respectful of the fact that they too have taken time out of their day to, you know, consider the opportunity. Um, yeah. These are a few things our hiring managers could do a little bit better. That's such a great point because we feel, you know, as a hiring manager, you sometimes feel like you're the king of the castle and everybody else is a peon and that's not a good way to be. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. So what are, are there like three common questions that are asked on over 90% of the interviews? By um, hiring manager to candidate or? Yeah, hiring manager to candidate, sorry. I would say no. Um, that's one of the fun things about working with so many different companies is that no one is alike. Um, no one company is the same as the other. They all have different ways of doing things, different questions that they like to ask. Um, you know, some managers like have structured questions that they, you know, they're, there's a list of questions and they ask every candidate those same questions. Other interviews are more flexible. Um, but, you know, I haven't, necessarily found a theme um, of question just because every company is so is so different you know with what they're looking for totally totally understand no what were you gonna say i was saying that's part of like um what makes you know kind of the recruiting fun is that you're you have so many different personalities and different approaches to to finding talent um that you know that's where a recruiter can really help is we really get you know, intimate and learn like what the client wants so that we can find those great fits for each individual company, given the uniqueness of their culture and like what they're looking for. So when we used to hire, um, I remember one manager told me, he said, we're looking for can do, will do team fit. We can figure out the team fit fairly easily and we can figure out if they can do the job just by looking at their history how do you figure out if they will do the job? Mm -hmm. Well, I think a lot of things you can kind of observe that piece, um, you know, through some of the, I mean, I, I honestly, like even some of those things, you can even observe it through the resume, just mm -hmm. different experiences that people have had. Um, and then I always look like I loved this one candidate. She was one of my, um, one of the candidates we placed in a marketing role. And what she shared with me was that um, coming out of college, a lot of people want a little bit of experience, but it's kind of that you enter into what I call the double-edged sword. You need experience to get the job, but you don't have any, you know, experience to get the job. So, um, you know, where, what do you, you know, what do you do? So this young lady um, reached out to small companies that had no marketing and offered to perform marketing services, you know, for free to start with the thought that if she was able to, you know, produce some good results that it could turn into a full-time opportunity. That to me is, you know, will do, you know, you're willing to pitch yourself, sell yourself, you know, um, to, to, to try to get that opportunity, um, you know, willing to go in, take a couple months to prove yourself uh, to get the job. And, and she was just great. So there's little things like that, that I look for, you know, just, you can just see when candidates, there's candidates who are willing to like go above and beyond, like perfect example is, you know, normally one of my steps is after I'm done interviewing a candidate, I'll follow up via email and, um, you know, send them the job description. And it's even like the, how quickly someone gets back to you. Um, 
you know, the way in which they craft the email. You know, sometimes I have candidates who are like, hey, yes, sounds great. I would love to be considered for this. And then there's others that are like, good morning, Cindy. Like, thank you so much for taking time to send this to me. I would love, you know, right. You can see just those little differences along the way to know like, all right, here's my A candidate. Here's probably going to be a B candidate. And then the C candidates who probably never even make it in front of the client, like use like lowercase I and you like the letter U instead of, instead of writing out. So, you know, I think there are things that like, and, and that's part of what comes with like years of like hiring, interviewing, screening. Like I see those things so quick that like I can tell you if it's going to be a, a good candidate or a bad candidate. Um, so we've had very, very, very few instances in the history of Sarco Services where a candidate, you know, hasn't worked out for one of our clients. Um, and that's just bringing that years of expertise to the hiring and search process. That's really cool. So, okay, craziest story that just sticks out to your mind from interviewing a candidate, either either you by yourself, your team, or um, the client that you've heard of. Craziest story. So I want to preface that I haven't had anything too. <laughs> I, I haven't had anything too crazy. Um, by way of interviews um, from Sarko, but we did have uh, a candidate once. Um, we were working with a client, and one thing I will say, this is actually a pretty funny story. Um, they had a, a, a personality test, and I'm not a huge fan, so I will say to the, the clients and customers out there, if you're using a personality test, I think it's kind of a clunky way to hire. I think you're targeting a profile, and um, you're kind of creating a culture of everybody fits into my little profile and I don't think you get the best diversity. But we had a client, they had a profile and they basically said the profile results are the profile results. They either pass or they fail, but if they fail, we, you know, we're moving on. So we had screened like tons of candidates for this position. And, um, you know, finally, like we had someone that, screen well and actually passed their little personality test and made it to the interview. Um, meanwhile, we interviewed like tons of other candidates that were like, wow, this candidate is so awesome. We can't believe like they didn't fit their little profile. Like, so go figure there were only two of like the numerous candidates that we called um, that, you know, fit the profile. And this candidate went into the interview and it was a disaster that literally like the HR manager called me afterwards and was like, it was the worst interview <laughs> we ever had. And the candidate basically was like said in the middle of the interview, like she really wanted to go work for another company in Maryland. Um, yeah, which is a big, don't, don't do that on an inter interview. Don't say, I want to go work at this other company while I'm interviewing with you. Um, was yeah. honesty one of the higher uh, profile skills that they were looking for? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, you know, we we didn't know. Like, we don't. We just sent them the link, and they either passed or failed according to what the HR course. We didn't really know like what they were screening for, but it was just like the manager was like, it was the worst interview. And later, like, we went to the person's Facebook page and. I could see why it was probably a bad interview. So 
lesson lesson learned for us that we you know do not work with candidate we don't work with many companies that I actually I would say right now we don't work with any company that has a pro a personality profile that they make we just again like you get stuff like that you know you get the girl who passes your test is like the worst but all the other <laughs> ones you know so um that was a terrible terrible interview and it was just we we still laugh about the hiring manager was also a little dramatic. Um, so when he called me, he's like, I have chest pains from how bad it was. Like, oh, oh, oh Lord. Like this just went, this just went bad. So um, yeah. <laughs> so that's probably one of that's probably one of the the, the you know worst stories oh I've had. Gosh. But yeah. Wow. All right. So, so we got candidates that are probably listening who might want to get back into the workforce because you know where the good jobs are. And we got managers, hiring managers, business owners who are listening, who are like, okay, maybe I'm making some mistakes in my interviewing process and I need Cindy to come in and help me. How can people find you? Um, well, connect with me on LinkedIn. So um, Cindy DeMarco um, or Cynthia DeMarco, you can connect with me. Um, you can also, uh, you know, I can, my email is cdemarco at sarcoservices.com. So easy enough. And um, when, you know, it, it, um, they can reach out through website, www.sarcoservices.com, um, or they can call you. And I know you'll put them in touch with me um, if they have a, a little better relationship with you. But yeah, that's ways to find me. Feel free to reach out through any one of those channels and happy to connect. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have that could add value to others? No, I think you hit on some great topics. I think candidates have some great tips. Hiring managers have some great tips. And I love that we talked a little bit about what's happening in the market because it's just constantly moving and fluctuating and good to share that information with your listeners. I'm sure they're happy to hear about that. And just to make sure you can do this nationwide, not just in Maryland, correct? Absolutely. We've placed people, Iowa, Florida, New York, everywhere. So recruiting is a virtual role. So anywhere. Oh, you're a rock star. Cindy, thank you so much for being here with us. It was great. It, if you guys are not in the Lead, Sell, Grow Human Experience Tribe on Facebook, pause this right now. Get your butt over there. Actually, first, leave a seven-star review, but I'll sell for five. Get to the group. Join the group, and let's connect there. Cindy, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Eric. Great talking with you. Have a great you day. Bye-bye. You've listened to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a nice review. And if you're not a part of our tribe on Facebook, be sure to head over to Facebook and join Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Tribe. I look forward to speaking with you in the tribe. Have a great day.